So, sadly, it is true. Hello? He's going. I'm talking about Frank Ferrante, a star of Cabaret Zazu. Frank, is this true? It is true, and thank you for playing my hero. If I'm going to go, I'm going to go out with the best. It is true. It is true. Sadly, it is true, but happily, the experience happened. And uh, really grateful for the last uh, 10 months and almost 250 shows and great audiences, tens of thousands that came since we opened uh, last September. So it is true, and uh, I'll leave, uh, dra- you know, dragging. You'll have to drag me out there. I'll be screaming. And uh, no, but it's been a hell of an experience, Steve. Well, let's talk about what Cabaret Zazu is and what we're talking about. Now, by the way, it runs through July 2nd, I believe. So there's still time to go to the Cambria Hotel, 32 West Randolph, to see the show. And tell me what this show is all about. And good luck with that, because this show has so much in it. It's true. And that's kind of the tricky part of, of selling this show. Uh, once, once you get some, once audiences show up, once you're in there, you're sold, and it's just you know getting people to show up at that tent. Uh, it is probably the most spectacular show I've ever been involved with, or I've ever witnessed myself. Um, it is a variety show in that there are acts from all over the world: uh, contortion, aerial, uh, acrobatic, singing, dancing. And yours truly doing improv comedy. All of it is umbrellaed under this vintage tent on the 14th and 15th floor uh, of the Cambria Hotel in the theater district. And uh, I can say that it's still. What does that mean? It's exquisite looking. The aesthetic is is stunning. There's also this five person band, uh, perhaps certainly the best musicians in the city, maybe the country, uh, all assembled for this for this venture. And the decor, the bar is, is exquisite, and it's uh, all linked together with this be- beautifully presented four-course meal. So it's a feast, it's a party, uh, it's madness, it's wild, it, it's musical, it's unpredictable because of the ad libid and improv, and the caliber, it's all world-class performers. Indeed, so, indeed that is true. Yeah, so Frank, here's here's a question I asked for uh, you. Uh, why do some people get addicted? For example, Jeff Hoover, legendary television producer over on the TV side mm-hmm. of WGN, who produces the morning news and other things over there, uh, he has gone, I think, to see the show 182 times or something. I mean, what what is it about this show that once you go, you seem to be drawn to come back again, again, and yet again? Because Mr. Hoover here is not alone. Right. Well, uh, thanks for bringing that up, Steve. I, I, I think about it a lot, and I think it has to do with the fact that once you're in there, you're in a, you're in a whole other world. You're escaping any problems, issues, sadnesses. Uh, you're completely transported, and it's a party. It, it's um, there's a great deal of joy. You're treated well from the moment you walk. You go up the elevator to the 14th floor and get off to see the uh, to see the tent and the lobby of the tent. And someone like Jeff, and we have, like, as you say, we have many others who do return. This week, we're having people that have been there four or five times. And where else can you get this? I don't know where anywhere else in the country where you can find a show like this. And certainly, this, this is the only show like 
like it in, in Chicago. Uh, I think he likes just getting lost, as I do when I see a show, in the wildness and the freedom and the uh, awe of it. I, I, I tend to live in awe, Steve. Uh, a flower puts me in awe. A sunset puts me in awe. Really incredible art and shows like ours put me in a state of awe. And that's an addictive state to be in. And you get the great thing about the reason you can come back 20 times like Jeff has is because it's different every time. I, I do a different show every night. I mean, it might be a similar story, but every every I bring up seven or eight people from the audience and play with them. And um, I don't know what's going to happen from moment to moment. The audience doesn't know. The band doesn't know. No one who works there knows. That's that's exciting. Well, and, I want to uh, I want to talk about that. Yeah. So when yeah. you when, there are people that don't like to go up on stage, and there are people that salivate. Uh-huh to be a part of the show. How can you tell mm-hmm. the difference, and can you tell the difference between those two? I, I can, I, I think, for the most part. I, and I have a pretty good success rate with that. If someone's uncomfortable and doesn't want to come up, I'm certainly not going to bring them up. But I, start, I am part of the show prior to it starts as this character I play, the bellhop character. So I'm kibitzing, I'm talking with the crowd and getting to know the audience. And the people that are having a good time and who are laughing and are open and going with the flow, I might pick that person. If someone seems a little more reticent, I certainly won't, won't bring them up. Um, it does not good for the show. So my batting average, as you may have seen, is, is pretty darn high in terms of pick, picking people that want to have be part of the party and be on stage. And as you say, some people salivate for it. Some people want to be in the spotlight. And this is a fun show for that. And other people just like watching people being put in the spotlight. So, you know, so that's sure. also part of the, the joy. Um, there is a certain kind of fun surprise factor and tension that that is part of the uh, the comedy. Um, there's not, I don't know any other interactive comedy show like this. Uh, you know, you've got Second City, but that's sketch comedy. That's different. Um most comedies presentational. You tell jokes or do bits. This really is immersive. And uh, but really, for me, I've had so many. I've done this type of show hundreds and hundreds of times, Steve, from Seattle to San Francisco to Chicago to uh, you know to Amsterdam. I even did this character, these characters there. And you figure it out. You figure it out. The more you do, you hope the better you get. And uh, you know, my job is to observe people, and I'm an act. I'm an actor first and foremost. So I'm I'm always observing everything and everyone around me. And so I think I've got a pretty finely honed sensitivity to to the you know, people. The, so in bringing, in bringing hundreds of people up on stage, uh-huh. interesting things must have, over the course of over 200 performances, stuck in your mind. Give me one or two examples. Well, the fun ones was like, I, I might pick someone who's 6'7", and, and very strong, muscular. I remember... Well, one of them had just happened this week. A guy literally picked me up and started, you know, carrying me. I, I proclaimed him as my son, and he grabs me into his arms, p- carries me like a child, and starts, you know, spinning around the room. And you know, the audience went absolutely nuts because he, certainly he could he, he could drop me at any given point. I could have wound up. I'm not an acrobat. I could have wound up at a front table. And I remember once uh, this happened once before. And of course, management went and said, you know, we do have, there are 
there are insurance issues. You know? <laughs> exactly. And, <laughs> you know, and they were concerned. Are you sure? You know, you don't want to, is the guy's back going to go out? Is it going to drop me on my, on my head? But yeah, you know, you just kind of like, my gut was, I'm going to be fine. This guy's strong. We're going to take a chance. I'd rather get the laugh, the visual image of me, a middle-aged man being lifted by some hulking guy is pretty darn funny. Um, I've had everything. It's always funny when the. I, mean, I always feel like the audience is funnier than any performer can possibly be, and uh, I mean, I pick my share of older females who will crack wise. And God, I remember one time doing the role. I picked a hundred and four year old woman, and what? she was just so damn quick. And the uh, best hold, hold, on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. You said a hundred and four. It wasn't Paul Lisnick. <laughs> <laughs> it could have been. So there was I someone. I going to go there. I thought I'd beat you to the punch. You did. There was someone Paul as me. someone as old. Don't don't forgive. Someone as old <laughs> as as Mister Lisnick. But I mean that's incredible. And and oh. you see a wide. I mean you see families at the show. It is called Cabaret. Yes, Cabaret Zazu Z A Z O U. You know, your standard spelling of that. You still have time to see of it. Of course. It goes through July 2nd at the Cambria Hotel, 32 West Randolph. You are also known for one other thing. We'll talk about what that one other thing is when we come back on WGN. Uh, Happy Father's Day to all of you, including to Frank Ferrante. And I play Groucho Marx for a reason there, Frank. You are keeping Groucho Marx alive. And I would argue more than that, the Marx Brothers, but also that comedy from that era. First off, do you, do you know the background of this particular tune? Today is Father's Day, or something like that. Yesterday, Father is Father's Day, and we are giving you a tie. Right. Yes, yeah. I love that song. Well, Groucho sang it, I, th- I think it was written in the early 50s by Harry Ruby, his dear friend who wrote Hooray for Captain Spaulding, the African Explorer, and countless others. And Harry Ruby was half of the team of Kalmar Ruby, who wrote a lot of great standards like Who's Sorry Now and and um, I Want to Be Loved by You, I Want to Be Loved by You. They have this amazing uh, song, you know, uh, repertoire of songs. Uh, Harry Ruby and Groucho were best friends. And uh, it was a parody of mother songs. You know, There's so many mom songs at the time. Uh, like Mammy and My Mother's Eyes and Ma, He's Making Eyes at Me. And that was the impetus for it. Harry Ruby was a clever, clever lyricist, and that's that's how it happened. And Groucho, it was a gift to Groucho, and Groucho sang it to the very end, and it, it cracks me up every time. And every Father's Day if you, uh, on YouTube, you'll see it posted hundreds and hundreds, if not thousands of times. Absolutely. So you play Groucho Marx all over the country. You've done so in Chicago, and here is an official announcement. You are going to be back as Groucho not too far from now, uh, too long from now. Tell me about it. I'm going to return to Arlington Heights on January 13th, which I believe is a Saturday. January 13th at the Metropolis, uh, which is and Arlington Heights is the hometown of my, my brother and his family. And I can't wait. So that'll be the next Grouchoing. Uh, and I've played so many suburbs and Chicago itself over the over the last 25, 30 years. So I'm excited about that. So a lot of the Cabaret Zazu uh, followers and aficionados can come see me then. And 
Groucho fans and comedy fans will hopefully will come on out. But it should be a real joy. It's an intimate space in a great, great town in a wonderful theater, and I get to Groucho away. <laughs> well, other people have done you Groucho know? over the years. You have a very unique take, and, and the, the, here's what I happen to know. You were so close with the family that you wound up being the executor of the estates for one of his daughters and one and his son. Is that correct? That's right. Well, I was the trustee for his daughter and uh, had the medical directive on his son and and was a, was a beneficiary uh, of, of the, the, leg, the Marx legacy in terms of Groucho Marx Productions. I'm a 50% owner of, of that company, which represents the name and likeness of Groucho. And uh, I was very close to them. They were they were family to me, Miriam Marks Allen and Arthur Marks. And uh, I knew them from the time I was in my early 20s, Steve. And they knew I loved their father. And here I am, you know, almost 40 years later uh, from when I first started doing the role and knew, met them. And it's been a joy. I, I'm A lot of my year between... Uh, uh, September and April, we'll be performing the Groucho role all over the country and in Canada. I'll be in Canada and Calgary, uh, September, October into November, 10 weeks, doing eight shows a week doing Groucho. I'll be in Philadelphia doing Groucho, a life and review, in which I play Groucho from age 15 to 85 at the historic Walnut Street Theater, where the Marx Brothers worked and, and hit it big. Uh, so I'm doing a lot of that, which makes me, which makes me happy. And this is coming off the heels of the PBS uh, special that's been airing nationally in over 80% of the of the country. So I appreciate you acknowledging it because I love this kind of humor. I love his verbal humor. I love his wit. I love his physical comedy. I love his brashness, his irreverence, and the fact that there's still an audience for it and that somehow I'm involved in perpetuating it makes me, it, it gives me great satisfaction, Steve, because you're a fan. So you're I a am. Fan of that, so I, you I, yes. Get it. I, I am a fan of the Marx Brothers of Groucho Marx and that kind of comedy. And I'm, I'm a fan of what you do because you don't only impersonate, you play reverence, is that the right word, to all of that. I love that style. It's a very American immigrant style, kind of the brash outsider trying to find their way within the world uh, in the most impudent way. And no one's better at Groucho than, than doing it as Groucho. And I loved. You know, I learned about improv through through Groucho. I can do the Caesar and Teatro Zanzani or Forte at you know at Cabaret Zazu because of Groucho's influence. And I love the fact that I get to make up stuff nightly. I get to create new material in the Cirque show, but certainly with an evening with Groucho, where about a third of the show is improvised, and the audience again is surprised. They don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. And the more I do, I still get. I, I think I get better at it. I just did a few. Uh, couple of weeks i took off from chicago from zazu and i was able to get back into the world with it and it was such a joy and this you know what i saw with literally i had a and you'll appreciate this steve i'm looking at the front row and there are these three gentlemen three generations there was the father and the grandfather and, and the son and I, I it was heartening to see that this appeals to, from you know to all ages still and uh, I, I think it's a it's a timeless style of comedy and I love the rhythms of Croucho, and I love his, his sound, and, and uh, there's no one better. Well, uh, there's no one better than you at all of this. We consider you a Chicagoan at Cabaret Zazoo through Sunday, July 2nd at the Cambria Theater. Before we go, as Groucho, can you just say goodbye? 
we must be going. You've got it. Thank you, Chicago, and thank you, Steve Dale. I'll stay a week or two. I'll stay the summer through. But I am telling you, I must, must be, be going. going. <laughs> la la. Thank you, Chicago. <laughs> I love you. Thank you, Frank. <laughs> there is, thank you, Frank. There is no one like Frank Ferrante. And I, here's what I regret that I don't have enough time on the radio. Maybe at some point I can do this, uh, but I would love to have him right here talking, right in front of my face in the studio talking uh, about all of the folks he's met. I mean, can you imagine going to the Friars Club and dining with Milton Berle? He's done that. Hanging out with Danny Thomas. He's done that. Meeting people like George Burns and having conversations with him at length about comedy uh, and also being in a position where he was so friendly. He met Groucho, but Groucho was much older at that point and Frank was much younger. But as an adult, hung out and worked with both of his children, who incidentally trusted Frank Ferrante. I'll tell you a behind-the-scenes story. He was, I don't know if it's the executor of their estates officially, but some fancy word like that. And interestingly enough, two of those children, Groucho's children, didn't talk to one another, but they talked to Frank. And they each trusted Frank separately with their estates. He's an amazing and very gracious gentleman. And, oh, on stage... Uh, if there's a Groucho Marx today on stage, it kind of is him in many ways. Uh, so see Cabaret Zazu at the Cambria Theater downtown. Well, you can.